Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new edition of geek to me Radio. Today we are joined by artist creator Sam Sawyer, talking all about a Kickstarter for a brand new series she's working on. Also, we'll be joined by Martin Piero, talking about his Kickstarter for From Blood, a new graphic novel from Cosmic Times. All that and more, stand by. We're talking to And we are joined this week by our very first guest, Sam Sawyer, talking about her Kickstarter project. Uh, it was very nice to talk to guests, as you might know, who have listened to us before. I've got a track record of always getting Kickstarter people fully funded. I'm very proud of that. Uh, thank you to all my listeners who do go and support these creators. I'm very happy to say uh, when I talk to these guests that, yes, we want to have you on our show and I think you've got a good shot of getting funded because my listeners are wonderful and they always support these kind of incredible projects. So here's our talk right now with Sam Sawyer. We're joined now by artist creator Sam Sawyer talking about the brand new Salem, the secret archive of legends, enchantments, and monsters. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to have you on. I always enjoy new animated projects, and you've got some serious star power behind this one, too. Uh, I was looking over the list. You've got Rob Paulson involved. He's uh, raving about you. You've got Laura Bailey, uh, Adam MacArthur from Star vs. the Forces of Evil, which I love that cartoon. That's got to be uh, a tremendous feeling to be working with such A-grade talent. Oh, it's insane. It's it's all it's even still after a couple months of really getting the ball rolling, it's so just like wow, I, I still can't believe this is happening. Like sometimes I kinda catch myself and I'm like, Wow, like did that actually just happen? Did I just have lunch with Rob Paulson? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is, uh, you've done a lot of art, a lot of other projects and everything like that, but talk a little bit about uh, the genesis of the idea for Salem, and then we'll kind of get into uh, the, where the ball went from there. Yeah, totally. So the original idea for Salem actually sparked from a drawing that I did when I was in middle school. It was this cute little drawing of a monster with four eyes, and it was all black with limbs and sparkly, and just kind of this weird-looking creature. And pretty much from there, I I wanted to create a story revolving all around this monster and what they did and who they were. And, you know, to tell a story about the monster rather than, than a human. And so that's kind of where the general idea kind of originally like, like came from. And then from there, I spent a good like five or six years kind of really developing the idea, creating the world and the story and where I wanted it to go. And it just, it kind of all really happened naturally. And that's the, that's my favorite part about it. 
Yeah, it's very organic. But I got to say that's uh, that some very patient uh, levels on your end. Cause normally if something doesn't happen for me, if it doesn't pan out in like four days, I'm like, all right, moving on to something else. So good for you for uh, <laughs> sticking with it for that long. That's uh, and obviously it's paid dividends, your patience. <laughs> it has. Yeah. It, it really, it was a nice lesson, a lesson in patience. I, I was, I was in middle school when I first developed it. So of course, you know, being young, there wasn't really much I could do with it anyway. And so if anything, I was really glad that I, I was patient enough to let it happen when it was meant to be rather than trying to push it when I was like, you know, 16 or 17 and not know anything or have no idea what I was supposed to be doing. Sure, exactly. And talking about why uh, you originally are from Phoenix, you moved to Los Angeles. Was the move kind of intended to, okay, let's see if I can network more and get more development moving there? Because so much animation is done from people's homes with all the advances in technology and everything like that. Uh, what prompted the move to L.A.? So I lived in Los Angeles when I was 18 years old, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, a couple years ago, I was really into the world of acting and live-action film and everything like that. And so originally, I thought my path was going to lead me down the world of, you know, like being an actor on screen. But, you know, just life always tends to pull us in different directions, and I really found myself vibing and clicking in the world of animation and in the world of art and so i decided to kind of switch gears and go back to my roots which was drawing and creating and you know like doing comic book conventions and doing artwork you didn't have to be anywhere you could do it all from your home kind of like what you're saying with animation you don't have to be in a certain spot and so that's what i was doing for a little while but Honestly, I just I fell in love with Los Angeles when I lived here the first time. And I know a lot of people can say like, oh, like L.A. is gross. Like, it's not that fun. Like, why do you want to be there? But what I tell everybody, especially with L.A., is just that it is it's such a magical city. Like it is so if you look past, obviously, like the the fires and just the sometimes you know that like there's certain parts of the city that aren't very clean that's which of course is with with any city it's just there's so much magic and potential here like you can literally just be walking down the street and meet someone that has the same exact energy and the same exact interests and you can suddenly have an interview with this huge company the next day or you might want you might suddenly be working on a film that you were no longer that you weren't involved with yesterday like there's just so much opportunity for things to happen i just i love it that that vibe is just so good and it's given you obviously the chance to network you do a lot of conventions though which i found conventions are great for networking as well is that where you started uh i guess seeing some traction from people taking notice of your work? Yes. Oh, yeah. I started doing comic book conventions a couple of years ago, and just that's where I've met literally every single person that I've ever worked with, um, even including my executive producer on Salem. Um, I've met like everything that I've done and everywhere that I've gone so far. But pretty much my entire career has been because of comic book conventions. Yeah, I mean, there's there, and you get to see people. I mean, it's a great place to showcase stuff. A lot of indie talent are at these things too. Um, talk a little bit about getting people like Rob Paulson and uh, Laura Bailey and Adam MacArthur on board. How did that happen? And uh, I guess talk about that a little bit. 
Yeah, of course. It's it's kind of funny. Like, I want to say the story is like super crazy and intense and involved with magic and sacrifices and all this insanity. But it was actually really, really, really simple. Um, our show, we we went the the show is a SAG after project, so we're recognized by whatever magical magical person says what show is SAG and what show isn't. So, you know, when you deal with union actors, you have to be SAG. And in order to hire these people, you have to do all this, all this paperwork. Thankfully, I've got an executive producer that does that. So that's amazing. But um, we basically just sent our, all the information for who the characters were and what we wanted them to sound like to a, a bunch of different agents and agencies. And the agents basically took all of that and decided, okay, who would be good for the role and then sent us back different audition tapes. And I basically, I tried to stay as unbiased as I could. So I didn't really look at names. I didn't say like, Oh, this is Rob Paulson. I really want to work with Rob Paulson. Like he just, he gets it by default. Like that was not the case. I looked at, <laughs> I just, I listened to the, everybody's voice and I was like, all right, who would be the most perfect person for this role? I don't care who they are. I just want them to sound exactly the way they're, that the character should sound. And Oh man, like once I, once we casted the show and I like looked up who the heck Rob Paulson was, because I was just an uncultured fool and did not know who he was at the time just by his name. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe who I'm working with. Oh, it was just, it was so exciting. So it was literally almost like blind casting. You had no idea who these people were. You were just hearing their voices and said, yeah, that sounds like the character. And yeah, this sounds like the perfect voice for this role. Yeah, exactly. Wow. I, I wanted to, I just wanted to, I wanted it to be right. You know, I didn't want to make a decision based on like, oh my gosh, I really want to work with this person. You know, that's incredible because I mean, like I said, that's, that's almost like winning the lottery in a way. Cause you didn't particularly start to pursue this level of talent and yet just by your pick this is what you ended up getting that's amazing yeah it's crazy i really i had no idea who laura was i had no idea who rob was uh the only person i knew of was adam just because we had actually met at a comic book convention as well so when i saw his name once we had decided i was like oh my gosh i know adam this is so cool we've met a couple times and the uh, if you people go to YouTube, they can already see uh, some of this. But you've got a Kickstarter campaign going in order to yes. get uh, uh, the funding, I guess, to finish the first cycle of production. So talk a little bit about the the Kickstarter and uh, how that how that's been going and everything like that. And we're gonna come back and find out what that goal is from Sam Sawyer right after this. Stand by. This is James Enstall, host of Geek Me Radio, and in honor of my favorite Themyserian, I've decided to become an Amazon warrior. Harrod, give me strength. The next time you want to buy something from Amazon, go to geektomeradio.com first and click on our Amazon affiliate link. Simply shop like you normally would, and when you check out, a small percentage will go towards supporting the show. So remember, the next time you want to search Amazon for the latest Wonder Woman graphic novel or parts for your invisible jet, <laughs> click through from geektomeradio.com first. The world was in peril. Would you have me stand by and do nothing? Hello, hello, hello. This is 
Lucy Davis. I play Etta Candy in Wonder Woman, and this is Geek to Me Radio. Come and listen. We're very, very nice. And we are back talking with artist creator Sam Sawyer about the Kickstarter project for Salem. And before we went to break, we posed the question. What's the goal once the pilot gets done? Yeah, so we launched the Kickstarter back on October 15th, and we actually raised around $26,000 in just the first 24 hours of the campaign being open, which was just super crazy, right? Thank you. It was really, really cool. And then we have have about seven days. We have one week now. We have one week until our campaign closes. And we're currently sitting at, I believe we're only four or five hundred dollars shy of fifty thousand. So we're pretty much about ten grand away from our goal, which is sixty thousand dollars. And that sixty thousand is going to fund our first eleven minute pilot episode, which will be full animation, all the all the voices. Uh, composition, sound effects, the whole shebang. We're aiming for TV quality anim- animation. And it's, it's amazing to think 60,000 is going to get just 11 to 12 minutes. So what is, uh, you get the pilot shot. Do you plan to shop it around? Is it going to be like, because a, a lot of these cartoon series or Netflix originals or, or exclusives on Amazon, is that the hope? Are you just seeing who will take it? What's going to be the process for putting it out as an actual series if once you, uh, once you hit the goal and the pilot gets done? So we have a couple of different options, and that's really the really that's the great part about doing this is that we could very well do the entire series ourselves uh, through the power of crowdfunding, which is really exciting. Yeah, and so it kind of just depends on what we want to do. Of course, I would love to start shopping around and talk to different networks and maybe see if someone would want to pick us up for one or two seasons or three seasons or whatever. Um, that would be fantastic. But I'm also not, I'm also not uh, discouraged in the sense that I could just do the series with, uh, with the team that we've created so far. So it's kind of like the, sh- <laughs> the show is going to happen no matter what, whether it takes a couple years because we're doing it all ourselves or if it takes a little bit less time because we're dealing with a network. It just kind of, it kind of just depends on really like what happens. And of course, obviously the interest in the show and how people enjoy it, because I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard a uh, critical role. Actually their Vox Machina was just picked up by Amazon for two more, two full seasons, which yes. is amazing. So, you know, it could very well be with, it, it could be a similar case like, oh, like this did so well on crowdfunding. We'd love to we'd love to take care of the rest of your series. And it would be like, awesome. Like, that would be great. So I'm, I'm kind of playing it by ear. And you've already demonstrated, as we talked about in the first part of the interview, a uh, an incredible amount of patience. So it takes a little bit longer. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and it's funny because I may be patient, but I'm also extremely impatient. Mm. So... I just like to make, I always like to stay in motion and I always like to just make things happen, which is kind of why we're here in the first place, because we were, we did originally want to just pitch the show and shop it around with different networks, but you know, that can take years and we didn't want to keep all the people that were following the series and the story already 
in limbo for who knows how, how much longer. And so at the very least, we really want to bring people this first episode just to show them, hey, this is what we can do. We're making this happen and you're a part of it. And there's also the fact that if you were to do it yourself through your own funding in-house without going to a network or uh, an outlet like Amazon or Netflix, you'd have a lot more creative control, which is another huge upside. Yeah, exactly. But that's, uh, I mean, just to have everything you've gotten so far is amazing. So I uh, can't see between your tenacity, your patience, and the star power you've already got behind you, the crowdfunding and uh, Kickstarter and everything's nearly done. So I think uh, this is going to be a hit, just my personal opinion. <laughs> but uh, Thank ku- you. kudos on everything you've done. Tell people, I know the, the website, thesalemseries.com. Uh, there's links to the YouTube. Where if people want to find out more about you, do you have an upcoming convention schedule? Are you on uh, uh, the Instagrams and the Twitters? <laughs> yes, I am. If you look up on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Sam Sam Sawyer. So, and, that, and Sawyer is spelled the way that you would spell Tom Sawyer, which is S-A-W-Y-E-R. And pretty much from there, you can see a bunch of my different artwork, a bunch of the different comic book conventions that I'm going to be doing. I'm actually flying to Reno tomorrow for uh, Reno Pop Culture Con. So I'm really excited about that. I believe it's my last convention of 2019, just because it's time to start gearing up to do some Salem stuff as soon as the Kickstarter ends. Yeah, yeah, which is super exciting, but also nerve wracking, you know, because it's the end of the campaign. We're almost done. <laughs> Yeah, I will say if you're looking ahead at 2020, just my two cents, uh, some really great cons. Uh, Terrific Con in Connecticut gets my full stamp of approval. And Planet Comic Ooh. Con in Kansas City, if you've not been to that one, that's another great convention. Oh, yeah. I have looked into Planet, and I think I'm on the wait list, so we'll have to see what happens. Oh, great. Great. That'd be cool. And we should mention, too, before I let you go, uh, we didn't mention much of the plot, which uh, the plot itself for the secret archive of legends, enchantment, and monsters is very cool. And uh, talk a little about the, the characters, non-binary character, which people love to see themselves, someone they can uh, relate to. And I think the fact that you've got a non-binary featured character is going to help a lot of people identify with that particular character as well. So talk a little bit about the project itself, uh, the plot. Yeah, of course. So basically the entire plot of our story is centered around a young cryptid whose name is Salem. And for anyone who may not be familiar with the term cryptid, it is basically any kind of creature or animal that has yet to be proven by science, such as Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster or the Yeti, all of those. They are all cryptids. And so our story is about Salem, a young cryptid who... They, they grew up their entire life believing that they were a boogeyman because they were adopted by the boogeyman uh, who is being played by Rob Paulson. And when, when Salem, who is voiced by Laura Bailey, finds out that they're adopted, it kind of creates almost like a, an identity crisis of not, even, not only knowing, not knowing who you are, Salem has no idea what they are. And so it sparks this adventure and this basically call to action to go and seek out who and what they are. And so with the use of this enchanted book, which is also voiced by Rob Paulson and Salem's two friends that they meet in the first two episodes, they, they go out on this big elaborate monster hunt looking for different cryptids and monsters to basically pinpoint, all right, you're definitely not, a mothman and you're not a boogeyman but maybe you're a jersey devil let's go check it out 
So it's kind of a, it's just one big crazy monster hunt with three kids on a crazy adventure, but also with the undertones of finding out who you are, searching for your identity, finding your family, and overcoming those hurdles of being a young 13, 14 year old in such a crazy world. Absolutely perfect. Uh, and once again, we should say the SalemSeries.com at Sam Sam Sawyer on Twitter and Instagram. And there's still time left if you want to help knock them over. I think you said there's four or $500 left to go. Uh, four or $500 from 50000 And then we're just 10000 shy from our final goal. Perfect. So uh, seven days left. If you're hearing this right now, probably less because uh, we interviewed a couple days before. So if you're hearing this right now, go check it out on Kickstarter. The link to Kickstarter is on the SalemSeries.com uh, website as well, correct? Yes. Actually, the SalemSeries.com will redirect you right to Kickstarter. and then if, But if also you want to just go on to Kickstarter directly, if you type in Salem, it'll take you, will be the first thing that pops up. Perfect. Uh, Sam Sawyer, it's been great talking to you. Thanks so much for your time. Continued success, and I can't wait to see how this all turns out. Thank you so much. Me, me too, honestly. I'm excited to see what happens in the next week. Perfect. Best of luck, and we'll uh, hopefully catch up with you soon once you've gone to series. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. My thanks once again to Sam Sawyer for being on air. Uh, if you want to support that Kickstarter, make sure you go check it out. Just type in Salem or type her name. Uh, we will also provide a link on our page on Twitter if you want to uh, contribute and make sure they are fully funded and get that project happening. A lot of great people attached, and we always love to see these indie projects get fully funded. We're going to take our next break. We still have Martin Piero to get to after this, so stand by. Hey. I'm Dan Fogler, everybody's favorite muggle, and this is Geek to Me Radio. And we're back. This segment brought to you by, and you know, I really should say the whole show brought to you by the City of St. Charles, the Convention and Visitors Bureau of Greater St. Charles. You can just go to the website, Discover stcharles.com that's discoverstcharles.com uh an incredible place picturesque we just had some snow recently here and it's gorgeous when it snows it's this old old area with the cobblestone streets and they're getting ready to decorate it for christmas as i'm sure a lot of places around the country are but we're truly fortunate to have such a unique place here essentially in our own backyard and i, and I know a lot of you are listeners who are outside of the St. Louis area. We've even got international listeners, and that's okay because this is an event, Christmas Traditions in St. Charles, that people literally come from all over the globe for, and I don't exaggerate when I say that. Um, it's a fantastic place to visit no matter the time of year, no matter what event's happening, and there's always something happening in St. Charles. I was fortunate enough to just last week attend an awards dinner. Uh, Ryan Cooper, who is kind of the head of the Legends and Lanterns Festival, and he put on the big to-do for the Sester Centennial Festival, celebrating the 250th birthday of St. Charles, received an award for the best of the best, uh, great night at the Ameristar Casino and Banquet Center. Um, just It really makes you proud to be part of this, and I'm very proud that St. Charles sponsors this show because it's really a jewel. Um, if you've not had a chance to visit, Please do so. Plenty of places to stay while you're there. Fantastic places to eat while you're there. 
and lots to see, lots to do for everyone. If you are in the St. Louis area and you haven't gone to, then you've really got no excuse at all. Head over the Blanchett Bridge, go check it out. Uh, as I said, the Christmas Traditions Festival will kick off the day after Thanksgiving and runs through Christmas Eve, so there's plenty of chances to see that. Their new and improved Krampus Nacht on Wednesdays and Friday nights will be a lot of fun. And this is an all-family event. You hear Krampus Nacht, it's not scary. Think Mary, not scary. It's going to be a lot of fun. And really a great time for the whole family. So check it out. Go to the website. Plan your trip now. Just check out all the things there are to see and do, whether you're from here, whether you're not from here. The website, again, Discover St. Charles. That's discoverstcharles.com. I'd also like to thank our other sponsor who's been with us uh, for quite a while now, Marcus Theaters. We just went and saw Ford versus Ferrari there. We had the screening of that last week. And my executive producer, Joey V, went along. It was a great time. The big, comfy Dream Lounger seats, reclining back, get that popcorn, get a nice diet Dr. Pepper, and enjoy a movie in first-class surroundings. This is the place I like to go. Ronnie's is one of the best uh, in the area, but there's not a bad Marcus Theater either. I love the St. Charles Theater, a little bit closer to me, the renovated DePere Theater, or if you go to that big, big screen out there in Chesterfield, and I know I'm listing all these places in St. Louis. That's okay. 11 different states where you can find a Marcus Theater. So if you're not in the greater St. Louis area, fear not. There is probably a Marcus Theater or a movie tavern close to you. Check out their website, marcustheaters.com, to find where that location is. Buy your tickets right there online. See what movies are playing, what movies are coming out. Plan your entire movie trip. I'm one of those people who a movie trip is a religious experience for me. I love going. It's a thing. You can stay at home and watch movies all you want. It's not the same. You have that camaraderie of the crowd. There's the concessions, the walk to your seat. I love every single aspect of it. And I'm thrilled that literally the premier theater company in this area and in the region, Marcus Theaters, is a sponsor of my show. Uh, very proud to say that. And hopefully they are uh, proud to be affiliated with me as well. We will talk to hopefully Brett Hoffman from Marcus Theaters later on this month, talking movies. But check out the website again, marcustheaters.com for more information about them, and we hope to see you at the movies. Um, so I talk a lot about my sponsors, and obviously they're one of the reasons I have this show. Uh, you could be a reason to have this show. If you go to Patreon, patreon.com, search geek to me Radio. I am in a transition period right now where I'd love to be a different station or more stations. Every single bit of support I can get helps with that. Whether you're leaving me a five-star glowing favorable review on itunes to increase my visibility there whether you're subscribing to my youtube channel whether you're following me on twitter and instagram at geek me radio whether you're liking my facebook page and keeping up with me there facebook.com slash geek me radio all these are ways you can certainly help and support the show if you'd like to help out a little bit more though go to patreon and click on the link there. We have different donation features. These help me. Uh, we're getting ready to go to Louisville. Joey V and I are going to Louisville. He's not been with me to a convention yet. Uh, we're going to head off to Louisville, Kentucky to GalaxyCon. Very excited about that with all the people I'll be able to hobnob with, like Catherine Tate, Chris Eccleston, our friend Mike Bell, who's been on the show before. Fantastic guests there. And that's how I get to some of these shows, through the support of my Patreon. So go to patreon.com. Search for geek to me Radio and help support the show that way. You can also go to Amazon. I'm going to put a link today up on the Twitter feed. Click that link when you shop at Amazon like you normally would. A small percentage of whatever you buy goes back to me and uh, doesn't take anything out of your pocket. You just shop on Amazon as you normally would. 
click that link before you do so, and I'm going to get a small percentage of that sale, which, again, helps the show, helps me cover costs. I'd love to be able to pay Joey something. He worked so hard, and uh, I'd love to be able to give him something. So do it. Click on the Amazon link to shop. Uh, click on the Patreon page. And, of course, we always encourage you to follow us at geek to me Radio on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash geek to me Radio, And YouTube, find me there. Go to geek to me radiocom All the badges and links are right there on the website. Uh, but I've yammered on enough. I don't want to take up more of your time. We want to get to these interviews we've got. So we're going to take this next break. We're going to come right back talking to Martin Piero all about Cosmic Time's upcoming graphic novel, From Blood. Stand by. Sylvester McCoy. I want you to listen to Geek to Me Radio. Otherwise, if you don't, I'll cry. And we're back. We are going to go right to our next guest. We're joined now by Martin Piero talking about a Kickstarter for a new graphic novel from Blood by Cosmic Times. Martin, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing tonight? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for the time. I always love backing Kickstarters, and I, pr- I pr- pride myself that we have an unblemished record. Every person we've had on our show who's done a Kickstarter has gotten fully funded, so uh, that uh, hopefully that'll bode well for you. <laughs> well, all right, man. I, ho- I hope not to be the one to break your record. No, we can't have that happen, and you've got... You've got- well on your way, $1,499 out of the 3500 gold needed, uh, just from 53 backers, and you've got a little less than 10 days to go, so that's totally doable. Talk a little bit about doing the Kickstarters to fund the projects. That seems like a go-to for indie creators these days. Uh, how has your experience been doing other Kickstarters, and how do you feel about uh, From Blood? Well, this is actually our third Kickstarter only. We haven't done too many. We've done, I think, three over, over a four-year period. Um, it's, it's something that's still a little foreign to me, the whole Kickstarter thing. Uh, I have a lot of friends who, who have a lot of success with it. So when it came to uh, producing this From Blood graphic novel, the, uh, my co-author on the book, Zach Bassett, and I agreed that we would try to fund it through uh, Kickstarter because producing a graphic novel is a little more expensive than producing a comic book, a single issue. So we thought we'd just give it a shot. And also there is... There's a certain second audience you can find on Kickstarter or through other crowdfunding platforms that maybe aren't going to the comic shops that are never going to find my website. So not only is it a way to get the book funded, but look at it as a way to try to find a whole new audience. And there are literally people I know, I've seen them on Twitter, who will not touch a regular comic book from a big one. They want to support the smaller independent comic book publishers. So yeah, that, that is, it's, it's a niche, but it's a very uh, dedicated niche. Yeah, well, that's what's kind of what we were seeing. We were seeing the trend shifting. We're diamond distributed, and we, you know, we have some, we've had some success in the comic stores with diamond, but things have been kind of on a downward turn lately when it comes to the direct market. So, we, like I said, we were looking at this as a, possibly the future of the business of where we may be headed in 2020 and 21. 
And I know you've got a lot of different uh, people levels people can buy in at for the Kickstarter. I'm one of those people. I'm old school. I like to hold the comic in my hand. Uh, a lot of people like to go the digital route, and you are offering, obviously, both. If people just want the digital download, they can buy in. I think it's like the $10 level. But then for a little bit more, they can get the blood foil variant. So when you, when you arrange the Kickstarters, what do you see the most activity? Is it mostly people who, yeah, I want it digitally, or is there still a huge... Or people like me, they want to hold the physical comic. Um, majority of the time, I think it's physical comic, but I've seen lately in the last few days a lot of people picking up on the digital side. So it's right now. If you actually look at our stats, there's, there's a lot of people who went for the the, the two pack with the, the digital. I mean the um, the foil and the regular edition. But for the most part, it's kind of across the board. Uh, people are dipping their toes in on the digital and the physical. So hopefully, we're hitting every every audience out there for comics. By offering both. And you're no stranger to the publishing. Uh, I think at age 12, you're, you published your very first fanzine. Um, so that puts you in good company with the likes of uh, Jim Shooter and Jerry Ordway, who got started very young in the business. How? What was your first experience like reading comics? What brought you into it? It's funny you mentioned Jim Shooter. He's actually a personal idol of mine. But when it got me into comics, I, used to, I, wanted, I don't remember a time when I wasn't reading comics. When I was very little, I was picking up the uh, Micronauts, the Star Wars comics. You know, from the everybody was reading the Star Wars comics back in the day, back in the seventies, and um, it was just kind of always part of my life. But then, circa eighty four, I think it was, uh, Marvel published the Doctor Who comic. It was a dollar twenty five as opposed to the sixty cent normal comics. And I saw it at a comic store, and the owner of the store explained how collecting comics works to me and why some cost more. So that was my valuable prized possession as a kid, that twenty-five Doctor Who comics. And I learned how to collect comics from that. And it's kind of just been in my blood my whole life. Comics have just always been around. So feel free to, free to brag. What's, what's your, your favorite comic or your most valuable comic in your collection? I think my most valuable comic is it's a beat-up reader copy, so I don't know how valuable it is. It's the first appearance of Galactus in, in Fantastic Four. Drawing a blank on what the number is, but I have, I have a very old, beat-up copy of that. I'm a huge Fantastic Four fan. I have, a, I have a, a decent run on those books. But my favorite comic of all time, and it's funny you ask, as, as the Arrow television show is about to do Crisis on Infinite Earths, it's Crisis on Infinite Earths number seven. It's that Death of Supergirl issue. Oh yeah, I was at the I was at the right age when that came out, and it was the first time a comic actually caused an emotional reaction in me, really. And ever since then, that comic just stayed with me. Crisis number seven, I think, is my personal favorite comic. I mean, as a fan, and obviously on your end as a publisher and author, it's a great time to be in the business because we're seeing almost a brand new golden age, a renaissance with all, of, like you mentioned, the Arrowverse shows, the movies are on the big screen, and there's such a variety of comic books out there. When you're writing and creating something new, what are your influences? What do you take into consideration when you're creating a product and you're, when you're creating characters like the ones in From Blood? Well, I'll tell you, you mentioned Jim Shooter before. Jim Shooter, when he was at Marvel, had an edict that every comic, any issue of any comic could be someone's first comic ever. So you need to write that, that mindset. So with From Blood, again, and any time we, we put a book out, I always try to keep that in mind that this could be someone's first experience with a comic, and I take that very seriously. So when, when creating From Blood, we wanted to create a story that was whole about to be honest with you, the, the original origin of the story came from Zach Bassett and James Wynott. 
I came in as the third writer to kind of finish off the story. But when creating a, creating a concept like that, we always look at the whole universe, that when someone picks it up, they're going to understand what the universe is and, and go for it. That's kind of what we look at. And it's Cosmic Times is the uh, the publishing company, the From Blood graphic novel. There's, as we mentioned earlier, just a little under 10 days to back that. Uh, it's 80 pages. Uh, it's, you get the, the two different variants depending on what level you buy in at. So tell people a little bit about what From Blood is about. Okay, the story follows patient 27. Patient 27 has been locked away in a mental hospital for over 10 years. He's a hulking massive uh, man of uh, incredible strength and he seems to be invincible but he doesn't have a mind about him he doesn't know who he is where he comes from or why he has these uh superhuman powers until dr reese who's a young psychologist comes in and she unlocks something in patient 27 and that's where our story begins that's where the mystery of who he is starts to unfold and those people around him that want to take him and use him as a weapon as opposed to letting him be a human. And that's kind of the gist of the story. The story follows, he's convinced himself he's just a mindless monster. But working with Dr. Reese, he's able to reconnect to his humanity. And then you have the choice, is he a monster or is he a man? And that's kind of where the, the basic themes of our story lie. It's about, it's just about self-discovery. And he's on this action-packed, it's seriously, this is quite possibly the most action-packed comic we ever did. That's why it's so many pages. And he's on this quest of discovery. And like I said, there's there's uh, people who want to use his powers for their own means, and he's just trying to be his own person. Uh, is it self-contained? Like at the end of the 80 pages, is this going to wrap things up with a bow, or you, does it leave it open-ended for a possible ongoing series, depending on the success of this one? Without spoiling the end of the story, uh, technically when it was written, we wrote it as just a self-contained. So when you pick up the book, you get a beginning, middle, and clean end. The book has a very clean end to it. Is there is there room for expansion? Is there room for more story? Of course. Of course there is. Uh, Zach and I have uh, just briefly discussed possibly doing something with these characters, maybe a little down the road. And like you said, if this Kickstarter is successful, that will kind of dictate what we do with the company next. So who knows? You may get a front blood, too, before it's all said and done. That would be awesome. Let's uh, let's keep our fingers crossed. Like I said, I don't want to uh, unblemish my record here of uh, being uh, you know, having all the Kickstarters have been on here fully backed. So I think my listeners will hopefully jump in and help things out. The Kickstarter again. If you go to Kickstarter, just search "From Blood." Easiest way to find it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just like I say, yeah. Search "From Blood" and it comes up. That's "From Blood," an eighty-page graphic action adventure graphic novel. Or you can always go to our website, CosmicTimes.net slash from blood and you'll get it there as well perfect uh martin piero it's been great talking to you continued success i'll keep an eye on the kickstarter hopefully we can get you to that goal and uh, i can't wait to see what comes out all right man we're gonna work hard to make sure we do not blemish your record <laughs> i appreciate that thanks very much all right man you have a good night my thanks once again to martin piero for being on air with us uh cosmic times check out the website and of course Help them get that goal funded for the graphic novel From Blood. A lot of cool perks like we talked about that you can get. Uh, So go to Kickstarter and hit that link for From Blood. We're going to take our last break. Come back and wrap things up right after this. Stand by. Hello, geeks. Yeah. 
Erica Warner here. The only show we listen to in the water tower is Geek to Me Radio. And that's why we're listening to it right now. Good night, everybody. And we are wrapping things up here on Geek to Me Radio. My thanks once again to my guests, Sam Sawyer, talking all about Salem and uh, the cool people she's got attached to that. Uh, fantastic talent if you want to go to Kickstarter and help her out with that. Also, Martin Piero, thanks to him, uh, talking about the graphic novel From Blood from Cosmic Times, another Kickstarter project. I thought this would be a Kickstarter-themed show. Um, as I mentioned in the first segment, everyone I've had on Kickstarter who has done a Kickstarter and who has come on my show to talk about it has been fully funded. So please don't embarrass me. Get out there and fund these Kickstarters. I'm going to throw some money at both of these two and put my money where my mouth is. So hopefully you will follow suit. But uh, I love having guests. If you have a Kickstarter or a project that you would like to talk about, I'd be glad to have you on because I love to help out people like that and get more recognition at these indie artists, indie writers, indie projects. So you can shoot me an email, geek2meradio at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put Kickstarter project so I know what it's about and I can quickly search it from all my junk mail (laughs) that I end up getting on a daily basis. Uh, Again, thanks to my guests. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you support us, as I mentioned, on Patreon. Shop with us on Amazon. And, of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Until next week, my friends. It's not in the way you watch I sound. Thank you, Salem. Good night.